Amen. It's a sobering thought, and it's just been an exciting time in Colombia. And uh, even as I sit there, I get getting this. Let me just read the scripture, uh, and then we also go into what the Lord has given us. First Corinthians sixteen. <coughs> Verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, I'll read from verse 8. It says, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door is open to me, and there are many adversaries. For a great and effective door is open to me, and there are many adversaries. Father, we thank you for your word this morning and we pray that you'd open our hearts and our spirit to hear what the spirit of God is saying. Amen. Amen. There is, even as we go went to Colombia this time and I was, I've been talking to people separately, one by one, but there is a door that is opened for us for working for God, for doing ministry. We, as we said, even the community took us, this is our, it was our eighth trip, it's taken us eight years to actually get to the point where the community accepts us. We, when you are talking, maybe you might not understand, indigenous people are very, uh, they are people that people don't understand even in their own country. There are people that are so difficult that in the end, even if when you try to help them, if you don't do it according to their way, they can chase you out of their communities. And so we went to their community and even initially we couldn't do anything. But now we have such a relationship with the community that wherever we go, people acknowledge us and they know us. Someone was saying, because when we had the service, one of the pictures shows, for the first time this year, they Asked the school, asked us to do a service at the school to pray for their children because their children are involved in drugs. And the children, even as low as the primary school, are involved in drugs. So the principal said, can you please and pray, come and pray for us. You pray at 10 o'clock for the primary school and we prayed at 12, 12 noon for the secondary school. And so the, the, the principal brought all the children for the primary school into a courtyard. And we're only going to pray, not individually, but just over the people for about 20 minutes. And what surprised us, they put all the PA system with mics. And this is in a school which is not very, you know, very affluent. But they had mics, they had speakers, they had everything. And we... You know, when we prayed, and this school is in the center of this community, when we prayed, it boomed over the whole community. We declared things over these children and over these communities, which we believe will, will, in, in the time to come, we'll see, begin to see the results. We did the same with the secondary school at 12 noon. And after that, the one teacher asked us to come back for a 7 o'clock service. We had never had a service in the, in the school or in the community. And for the first time, we were allowed to do that. And we had, again, we were to declaring things and booming over this community. But there was such, there were so many, you know, when we started to pray, there were so many people manifesting, demons coming out. And their demons are very violent. They do, don't do it quietly. 
You know what we know about demons? Yes, yeah, sometimes they're quiet, but there they are violent and they scream at the top of your vo their voices. There was pandemonia. The whole community came to it, you know, like a stand. People are, come in, are coming to watch and see what is happening. Even those that did not come for the service. The following day, we thought, no, <laughs> these people are going to say, we don't want you anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because knowing them, you know, but, you know, we were surprised. They, it was like nothing had happened. And we were talking to some Baptist pastors and some American uh, uh, missionaries, and they say, we cannot believe that. That the school actually gave you PA system. We don't believe that. But what am I saying? This shows just how the community has opened to the gospel. The Lord has opened a door, an effective door for us as a church, as a ministry to go in and proclaim the gospel. A door has opened. Not only that last time we met with the governor and this time we had an opportunity to go to government offices. Like I said to you last time, high-ranking government officials. We had meetings and the one, the climax of it was with this director of human rights who said, I'm opening doors for you into the police, into the government, into the universities. I am opening doors. What can you do? So I am saying the Lord has opened a door for us. The Lord has opened a door for us for ministry, for doing something relevant to God, which brings me to this today's message, which I'm going to share Matthew 25, verse 14 to 13. It's in line with this thing about the door that is opened. What do we have to do as a church? What do I have to do as a person to prepare myself for ministry? Because it's going to, as I said, even in the end, it's going to be teamwork, people of God. These people were saying, you know, we need help in drugs. I said, I don't know any, I've never dealt with drugs myself. And so we're going to look for organizations that deal with drugs. And this director was saying, you know what? I need help with sex. Have you any experience with sex abuse? Sex ex exploitation? And I said, I don't have any, any experience in that. He says, what can you do? So the doors are opening. Your experience, which you thought was nothing, you might be able to use it in these communities I was speaking to somebody who, is, who deals with drugs and he says, Mama, I wanted to do help my experience in Zimbabwe. I said, well, you thought of Zimbabwe, but God is opening another door. You might be called. Some of you will be going to do training in Colombia. And the government has said that we, all we need to worry about is tickets. They will look about the logistics, the, trans, the transport and the accommodation. So we are working together now with the government. So it means some of you, your experience, which you never realized why you were doing whatever you are doing, will be called to help now in these areas. Matthew 25. I'm talking about talents. And I think something that we know, probably heard about this, this parable. I'll try to read it quickly. For the king, from verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. 
Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have sown, where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there is what your, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who had ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why did the Lord put this on my heart? What I'm saying is all of us, you know, when you look at this parable, we have three people involved, the master and the two, three servants. And this man decided to go to a far country. But then he decides to give talents to all his servants. The first one gets five talents. They say a talent is equivalent to $1,000. I don't know whether $1,000. Yeah. So that means the one who got five, thousand, five talents got $5,000. The one who got the two talents got 2000 And the other one who got one got 1000 what is interesting is, which we need to note from this, is everyone got something. They did not get the same thing. One got five, one got two, one got one. So let's mark that one. And it's the same even when we come to life, to real life. It's the same when you come even to the church as well. Each one of us, we have been given, when we talk of talents, I can relate it to gifts. There is something that the Lord has given you. You are gifted. We might not have the same gift. The problem is, in the church today, people want to be copycats. You see someone singing here, and you think, no, I love singing. But is it your gift? 
We are not all singers. We are not going to be singers, all of us. There will be some who are dancers only. You know, I was thinking when they were singing that song, if only Auntie Delina was here. You know, Auntie Delina would come and dance, isn't it? She has got that gift. Some of you just kept sitting there, but sometimes she will push even past the gift if she wants. Sometimes she comes in front and pulls everybody, isn't it? And you are thinking, what is it? That's your gift. Because if I was to try it, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't manage it. We have all been given something. You have a gift. You have a gift that God is expecting you to use. Some of you, you know, when we go to Romans 12. Glory to God. Are we here? Thank you, Lord. Romans 12 from verse 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many, one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to your faith or ministry let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Here, he says, when he talks about gifts, he mentions two things. Gifts, according to do with gifts, we have been given a measure of faith. Each one has got a measure of faith to operate your own gift. And there is also a grace that comes with your, with your gift. And then he talks about differing gifts. The measure of faith is to faith to receive and to exercise the gifts God apportions to us. There is need for faith. For you to be able to exercise the gift that God has given you. That's why God has given you a measure of faith that comes together with the apportioning of gifts. You need to be able to receive and you need to be able to exercise your gift. Because a lot of people have gifts but they're not using them. Why? Is it lack of faith? Two, the, the grace that is apportioned. There's a grace that is given. You know, there are certain people that will stand up and say something and people would sort of take it. You try to do the same thing and people look at you and begin to get angry. Why? You don't have the grace. There's a grace that comes with certain gifts as well. So there is the faith and then there is the grace. But what I want to measure is the difference in the gifting. Here Paul talks about those who have the gift of teaching 
He says, if you have a gift of teaching, teach. There are teachers here. We've got one excellent teacher. Example of a teacher is Pastor Cosmas. That's his gift. When he stands here, even when he's preaching, he will end up going on to teaching. Isn't it? Because that's his gift. That's in him. He doesn't even need to do anything. You know, he did this Hebrew books, Hebrew, whatever, words and whatever, and understanding of all this, you know. And see, when I preach, when there are teachers, I have to be careful. I have to check always by, by whatever I'm saying and thinking, okay, okay. Amen and amen. So God has given us teachers. So if you have teachers, let's let them teach. According to the faith that then there is exhortation. Exhortation. Those people that we have got people with the gift of encouraging. Exhort means to encourage. We want you to start operating in your gift. If you are an encourager, encourage people. You know, there are people that you don't want around you. There are people when you say, you yeah, things are not, they'll say, no, it will, it will happen. It's going to work out. Don't worry, my sister. Don't worry. You need encouragers. Amen and amen. One example of an encourager in the word of God was Barnabas. Barnabas is the one that went and took Paul and even went with him on the missionary, missionary trips. Do you know if there was no Barnabas, maybe there would never have been a Paul. Some people will rise up to their gift because of you. You are the one who, I, who encouraged them to come to church. You are the one that pointed them out to God. And for that, God is going to honor you for that. The other gift is give. We have got givers. That's what is mentioned here. Givers in the in the word of God, in the, in the church. There are people who have got the gift of giving. Do you know I was saying to somebody, when you talk of money, everybody gets uptight in church. Isn't it? But those that have got the gift of, of giving, they give with the liberty. They have no problem with that. But the majority of us, when it's money, we get to, now they're starting. Now they want, you know, they're starting. It's like, you know. But that's what we're saying. If you haven't got the gift, I'm not saying you, you, need, you need to give. But there are people who have got that gift as well. We've got that people, people who have got the gift of leader, leading. If you are a leader, you need to rise up and lead. I always tell people, I never meant to be a pastor or a leader. But I ended up, even when I went to, buy, to do small groups, I'll end up leading that group. Either someone, I'd started with women's groups, someone would not turn up who was supposed to lead, or I would come up and then I'm the only one who had the scripture then and I end up sharing and I end up leading it. That means you've got the gift of leading. Mercy is another gift. A compassionate. People, there are people that are so compassionate. They just care about people. They worry about people. It's a gift. It's not something that comes naturally. Cheerfulness. People that are always cheerful. They're always laughing. So, you know, if imagine in a place, in a church, when we have all these gifts operating, what a good place it will be, isn't it? When it comes to the giving, we've got the money. When it comes to the encouragers, we've got the encouragers. When we came to the teaching, we've got the teachers. When we have come to, you know, but the problem in the church today is we are trying to be somebody else. So we have only one gift operating. In the whole church, everybody's trying to copy that one gift. But I'm praying and I'm saying, God, even in the parable of the talents, each one was given their own gift. 
You have a gift. If it's singing, sing to the Lord. If it's praying, pray to pray until heaven comes down. There is a gift in you that God has, has, has put in your loins. But one of the things that happens with the gift is uh, people are not using. Why are they not using your gift? Maybe let's talk. Why are people not using their gifts? Afraid. Fear. Is it ignorance? Mm -hmm. no, low confidence, low self-esteem. But Paul addresses the question of fear in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Two Timothy one verse six. He says, uh, therefore I remind you to stay up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, this scripture, people quote it even when they fear. But it's in the context of this is actually in terms of gifting. People of God, you have not been given a spirit of fear. You need to stay up. When you know you have a gift, begin to stay that gift up. Begin to work on that gift. Begin to develop your gifting. You know, I was um, even talking last week to Malon, and I was saying to him, you know what, there are a lot of people with restaurants in, in Colombia. And you know, you could teach people to do, you know, to, to, to cook. And you might realize he's got a teaching gift. Am I prophesying? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, he has gone through lessons, he has gone courses, got courses to do, to back up his, his career, isn't it? And you think you are just doing courses. You know, even complain, why do they keep sending me to courses? I've got so many courses. But God has been preparing you for the times that lie ahead. We are saying if we're to go now to Colombia, I was saying to him, if he goes to this community and begins to teach these people how to cook. And they open their own restaurants, they open their own stores, and they begin to do things. Isn't you, your gift is beginning to work, isn't it? You know, I was saying to Rukudza, I met this one boy, young boy at, uh, in, 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 in the community. And he said to me, you know, Pastor, what I do is I love to sing. But I want to record songs. But I don't want to record Spanish songs. I want to record songs in our own language. And he says there's a tendency for people to look down on our, you know, their Embera language and their Embera. So he says, I want to do it. And I want to record it, and I've already started. And he says, come. He was so, you know, so he was so excited, and he's showing us, he's trying to play his song. I mean, we couldn't understand the thing. But the boy was so excited, and he was playing it, and he was saying, and he's going to do this. But I say to him, you know what, God will make a way for you. But we've got youngsters like that, that needs encouragement. That can also, you know, when people record, we begin to record things for them. You make a way for, make it happen for them. 
He have got the ability to make it happen to them. So when we are talking of missions, we are not just talking about, you know, it's talking about the whole person. The gospel ministers to the whole person. It's a holistic gospel. Amen. So we are saying, what gift do you have? Whatever gift you have, begin to stir it up. You know, this girl who was saying, the, the prostitute, we sat down with her because it was so bad. When we went to the first time to the house, when we're leaving the house, the child says to the mother, can you ask them for rice? And I said, why is that? She says, I, because she's a single mother and she used to be a prostitute and she used to get money that way. But when we preached to her, she stopped. Now she, what she does is every night she cooks soup for these children. And then the, this girl one time says, Mama, is there nothing better than soup? Is there anything else that we could have that is not soup? So then Mama said, well, I don't have anything. So that day, when we're leaving, says, ask them for rice. You know, and rice is so basic. They're not asking for meat. Ask them for rice. We gave them, I mean, the equivalent of about two pounds to buy a rice. And the child was, you know, the following day they were walking, following us, jumping up and down. They had rice. We bought a big pack of thing for them for the rice. And we're saying to this girl, we know to this woman, she's got three children from different mothers, fathers, sorry. And what can you do? She says, I do hair. I said, well, that's fine. What we'll do is we'll try to get, she says, because they are here, they can straighten it. So we said to her, no, we'll get you. When we go back, we'll get someone who can get you the thing to do. It straighten, because you are saying to straighten or to kale it. Because she said she used to have one and now it's, it's not, and there's nobody in the community who does that. And so we're looking at it. Those are the things that we can, we can help, isn't it? We are saying a door is opened. So it's, you, you can, so we, what will help here is a gift. Instead of now being a prostitute, she can work and use and, and do the hair, people's hair and get money for it. Because we cannot just say stop being a prostitute, but they stop when they say, what do I treat the children with? To the extent where the children now are so fed up with soup. You know, it's not, it's not fair, isn't it? Yes. So what we are saying, people of God, the Lord has given. Let there be a stirring of that gift that is in, in you. Proverbs 18 verse 16 says, your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. Proverbs 18 Verse 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before, before great men. So what we are saying, people of God, we need to start working on our gifts. Let's begin to stay our gift. If you have a gift for cooking, because go and get trained for it. Develop your gift. Develop your gift. Go and it's not the days. No, we've got access to the computers. We've got access to YouTube. We can train us. There are a lot of things that we can do. Please, let's get ready for where God wants to send us. 
Because things, opportunities are going to present themselves for children. You know, you saw the children, the, the preschool. There is that preschool. There is so much that is needed there. There is a lot of areas where people can work. Amen and amen. 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 Back to the parable of the talents. You know, the other thing that I wanted to look at to also say is God rewards, when you look at the three, seven. So one, each one needs a different gift. Two, each one was rewarded for their faithfulness. And listen, look, God rewards them. You know, faithfulness is measured with small things. Because people, you know, they have no problem to do, you know, when, it's, when things are big, it's not difficult to get people to come and work for you, is it? Even companies, when they are big, it's not difficult to get employees. But it's when they are small, that's when they are a problem. It's the same with churches. When they are small, that's when you have a problem getting people. But when they are big, You've got too many people. You've got five people who can do the drums. You can do, you know, you've got too many. But faithfulness with the things of God is measured with the small things. The Lord begins by giving them five talents, which is not a lot of money. But when they were faithful with the five talents, he then doubles that to 10,000. That means now you have got more money. Now you are talking. When you go to Luke 19, he says you are going to be given even more cities you had four cities. Now you are going to get more. So God looks at what you have done with the little that he has given you. You want to use the little that you seem to have. You have got a little. I've got a little whatever in mind. God wants to see what you have done with that little that he has given you. What are you doing with that little gift that you have got? When you begin to use it. When you begin to use it for the glory of God's kingdom, I want to tell you, God will bring you before great men. We saw it happen in Colombia, as I said. We started off where nobody knew us. Now we are in a place where even the government acknowledges us. So you have to start being faithful with the small things. Faithfulness also is measured when we are faithful with another man's things. Here, Luke 16, verse 10. Glory to God. I'm just putting some things so that we know and then we can pray over these things and get ourselves ready for where God is taking us individually and as a church. It's going to require us all pulling together. Luke 16, verse 10. It says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? When you have not been faithful with another man's, I've seen people, you know, when you are working, you are working for another company, isn't it? Some people will work in a way they don't care. It's not my company. But God says, if you are faithful with another man's things, then he will eventually give you your own. Yeah, it's a principle. But people work anyhow because it's not my job, it's not my thing. But if you want God to reward you, if you want, be faithful with that which you are doing now. 
Be faithful with the things, the small things that the Lord has given you. Be faithful and then he will reward you. He wants to see what you would treat with and what would do. Support the person that needs to be supported. It says, if you are wasting your time, but we did it. Even when we started being, you know, I worked under a ministry for about 10 years. And then the Lord then gives you your own. But the Lord looks at how we have done with when we are looking after someone else's thing. So faithfulness is measured as we use another one. And also faithfulness is also measured when we money with money. What have you done with money that has been entrusted to you? I used to say the Lord doesn't give us money because he knows if I give you the money, you don't give it back to the kingdom. I remember I always tell the story in Zimbabwe when we were praying for tithes and people that with no money for rent. And we were praying and we said, God, we had only a few tithers. And we said, God, we are going to pray for those tithers that the Lord would promote them. So because in the way we prayed and they were promoted. So they doubled their giving. So we didn't lake any rent. But the rest of the people never got the promotion because God looks at the faithfulness of what you have. Amen. Amen. And we believe that even as we, what God rewards is, uh, when he rewards us, he rewards us with bigger things. That he's going to enlarge our territory. He's going to open more doors, like we are saying, doors have already started opening, and the Lord is going to open more doors. So get ready for the working of God in your life because the Lord is going to enlarge your territory. Isaiah 54. I'm going to end with this one. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Greater, he says, sing, O barren. This person is starting to sing when there's nothing that is on the ground. You know, when you look at us, you might not see that there's anything. When we started going to Colombia, it looked like there was nothing. Even now, some people are saying, what is, but what we have now, the capital, the social capital that we have invested in that community, you cannot take it away. And we can start to sing. But not only to sing. He said, begin to enlarge the place of your territory, of your boundaries. You know, this person is a barren person. But they are saying, get a bigger house. Get, get a bigger place where you can put these children. Because many are the children of the barren. That means God is saying, get ready for promotion. Get ready for expansion. You are going to expand from the left to the right to the left to the west and east. I'm telling you, people of God, we are saying get ready. 
The Spirit of God is saying, get ready. Begin to prepare your tents. Begin to prepare your gifting. Begin to prepare your training. Begin to get ready because when the Lord comes, there is going to be a bumper harvest. There is a territories that the Lord wants to give us. There are nations that the Lord wants to give to us. There are people that the Lord is releasing in this hour. You might not even understand it, but I want to tell you, people of God, the Lord is on a go, on the go. There is that enlargement of territory because we have been faithful with the little things. When you have been faithful with the little things, the Lord begins to, in, to reward you with bigger things. But he wants to see what you have done with the little that he has given you. I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you've been feeling the place is too small for you. Maybe you're feeling that you are not going anywhere. But I want to tell you this morning, the Spirit of God is saying, begin to sing, oh barren woman. Begin to sing, begin to praise God in that situation that you are in. Because greater is the woman of the barren than the one that is not born. There is something that God is doing in the spiritual realm. There is a shifting. There is a turning that is happening. It's happening. It's turning. It is turning, people of God. I'm, you know, you need to catch it. You need to rise up and begin to say, you know what? I'm going to praise God. Because he is making a way for you. He is going to open doors in areas and in places that you have never dreamed or imagined. And it's beginning to happen. But we need to embrace it. I need to embrace it and say, you know what? I'm going to be a part of what God is doing. I'm not going to be left behind. Because the danger with such things is we say things are happening. Other people, you start to see some people are beginning to go. And you say, ah, it's about favorites. It's not about favorites. It's about how, what preparation are you beginning to go to do for yourself. Prepare yourself so that even if we send you to Colombia, you will be able to even hold a service. And even if demons come, you'll be able to cast them out. Because it will happen. We are, going, we are not going to be able to go every time. And we are going to be sending people. But people need to get ready. Get to know your God. Get to read your word of God. Get, get Prepare. Prepare for the harvest. That's the word. God is saying prepare. Get ready for what God wants to do. Enlarge your border. Enlarge your thinking. Begin to think differently. Don't think small of yourself. Don't look down on yourself. This is not the time to look down on yourself because the Lord is saying he has chosen you. You are his vessel to take the gospel all over the world. You are not here by mistake. You are, the Lord knows the plans that he has for you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. The Lord knows you by name. He has called you by name. He doesn't, he's not a general God. He knows even your address. He knows where you live. He knows what you are going through right now. And the Lord is the one that has been preparing your life. Even the jobs that you are doing. You might not even see the need. But just say, God, what are you training me for? He's training you for greater things. He's training you so that you'll be ready. When we say, we need this, you say, I've, no, I've done that. I've done, I know about that. And I'm surprised. You know, I came back, I was telling my husband about the sexual, you know, sexual abuse. He says, you know what? I'm an expert in that. I said, What? 
I didn't know, but I believe I'm living with him. But the Lord has been preparing him. That's what I'm saying. People of God, we are in times that are very exciting. Don't despise the day of small beginning. Don't despise where you are. Don't despise things that are not working. But the Lord has been working in your life. The Lord has been you know, moving you from this place to this. Moving you from this person to that. You know, moving you in such a way. His future, your future, he has got it in his hands. So we need to really be up and realize that and begin to pray. Let's rise up. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, oh God. Lord, I pray we will not neglect the gift of God that is in us. Lord, we come against the spirit of neglect. We will not neglect the gift of God that is in us, oh God. In this church, we will not neglect the gifts that you have given us, oh God. Individually, even corporately, Lord, we are releasing the gifting that is in people's lives. We are releasing the gifting, oh God. Lord, you have given Lord, I pray in the name. Begin to pray where you are. Lord, I pray. If you do not know your gift, just pray. Reveal by gifting God. Let the Lord reveal what it is that He's called you to do. Even today, pray, Lord, what is going to be my portion in Colombia, in any other place that the Lord is calling us as a church to go? What is it? What is it that the Lord is calling you? Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray pray in the name of Jesus huria makasika makasika huria makasika makasika the lord is calling even business people Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know you are even releasing bankers. Bankers in this place. Bankers, bankers, bankers. Huria makasakara makasika. Huria makasakara makasika. Huria makasikara makasika. Huria makasakara makasika. Huria makasikara makasika. Huria makasikara makasika. Trainers, trainers, trainers with a teaching gift. Trainers, you are releasing trainers, trainers, trainers. Huria makasika na makasika. Huria makasika na makasika. Cancelers, 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 oh God. Lord, I pray. Cancelers, 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 cancelers. Those with the gift of cancel, gift of cancel. The gift to cancel people. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Begin to talk to your God. Tell him, here I am, send me. Here I am, here I am. Lord, I pray God is looking for people that are open to his word. That will respond and say, here I am. I'm ready to do that which you have called me to do. He's looking for IT aspects, IT experts, radio station experts, TV experts. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, the Lord will give us even a satellite in Colombia, a TV satellite, oh God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. 
communications expert, media experts. Oh God, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.